Hello, everyone. Uh, we're back with another episode of uh, Chasing Shenmue, uh, which is basically just a podcast we're doing to keep you guys up to speed on where we're at with the film and to just talk with various people in the community. So Randall's not with me today. Um, it's just myself and a special guest who is a very good friend of mine. And you guys probably know him from the Shenmue Dojo and the online communities as Peter. Peter? Uh, hello, yes, hello, uh, Adam, everyone of Fopa, and everyone watching or listening. Uh, Adam and guys, thanks very much for having me on the show. Oh, no problem, man. Um, so we first met, well, actually, before we talk about how we first met, you're a pretty, like, well-known face in the community. I mean, you've been a member of the dojo for a while. For the people that don't know, I guess, uh, did you want to quickly introduce yourself and, and, uh, and kind of your um, role in, in things? Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, my name's uh, Peter. Peter Campbell. I'm from Belfast here, uh, over in Ireland, and I've been a Shenmue fan since before it was released. And uh, pretty quickly after playing the games, used my Dreamcast at the time to find um, this online forum where there was other uh, people like myself who shared this love for this video game. And for the past 14, 15 years, I have. Uh, posted there, and then as time has went on, the other uh, the other websites that also base themselves around fans of the series, and have just tried my best to keep the, uh, Shenmue alive, essentially, considering of all the years we went through where it was essentially dead. Mm -hmm. So, um, I've, uh, in the past five years, I was able to become a staff member over at the Shenmue Dojo website, and from there, just try and use a bit of initiative to uh, get the name of Shenmue out there. And just, you know, um, thinking back, there was times even before it is as commonplace now where we have the likes of Corey Marshall and Lisa Wilkerson on Facebook. There was even projects back in 2010 where we were trying to find a way to contact these stars of Shenmue. And, and that's, just, that's just one example of the types of things that I myself have just been trying to do over the years in the name of Shenmue. Yeah, right on. Um, yeah, you certainly definitely pulled your weight. Um, I mean, when we first met in Japan, I, because I'm, I was never like a huge active member of the Shenmue Dojo. I just kind of like lurked and creeped. And it, was, it wasn't until 500K that I discovered a few years ago that reminded yeah. me that the community was still out there because... I'm not gonna lie, for a while back in like 2010, 2011, I kind of like officially gave up hope after all those years. I was like, maybe I should, you know, uh, embrace the fact that it might not happen. But uh, yeah, yeah, then I, I found the community again. And uh, yeah, and yeah that's, that's awesome. I mean, 500K is fantastic as well because it, it really utilizes uh, the uh, Facebook and social mm -hmm. media. I'm a bit, little bit of uh, an older dinosaur. I, <laughs> uh, I'm not a I'm not the biggest fan of Facebook in general. Uh, that, that that's that's something separate entirely. But it's for what it is as well, and utilizing social media and the team they have over there as well is fantastic. And it's absolutely fine if you weren't uh, if you were a lurker at one website. The beauty of what the community has become now is that there's a forum for whatever your preference is, be it Facebook, Twitter, social media in general. Uh, even art direction, if you just like expressing your love for the franchise in an art form, or if you like posting on old school message boards, that's what's great. If it wasn't for the, if it wasn't for 500k or social media, then who knows if we would have even met in the first place. So it, it definitely is mm -hmm. as much a great aspect as any other part of the community is. 
Now, the way we met was, uh, it was pretty interesting. I mean, I think it was through the dojo originally and then just back and forth on Facebook. But um, I guess when we first met in person, and I owe you like a tremendous gratitude, uh, something that I'll probably never be able to repay you back, but it was your gracious invite uh, as your plus one to the, uh, the Kickstarter dinner yeah. in Japan because you were uh, one of the, the three um, who, who was yeah. able to snag that, uh, that top $10,000 award. <laughs> And uh, and yeah, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say snag. I would say it would be a, a miracle. <laughs> but the way it all panned out, it was an absolute miracle. It wasn't even meant to be there until around about two hours before the Kickstarter ended. Uh, when I really when the Kickstarter uh, began, I just had a look at my bank account because that's the thing with Kickstarter. There's no warning. Mm -hmm. There was no there was no tip off or anything when this landed. You know, take the the dinner or the ten thousand dollar tier for example. I don't know that many people in my life who have that money just sitting in their bank account waiting to go. So uh, the countdown was on for thirty days, and I just said no. Well, I'll just drop up. I actually picked the five hundred dollar reward, and then it quickly dawned on me that this was the chance of a lifetime. So basically, what happened was the the three dinner slots for Japan were taken, and I begged and I pleaded on social media with Cedric Biscay, the executive producer, if there could be one more seat added at that table. And ultimately what happened was there was other dinner locations then added because of not only my request, but other people's requests that they wanted to give this money. Um, they were set up, but on uh, within the last hour of the Kickstarter ending, somebody backed out of the Japan slot. And straight away I was on that because that that was the dream. Not only just to go to Japan to meet the legendary Yu Suzuki, but also just to go to Japan. I had never been before, and that is the homeland of Shenmue. And uh, I couldn't, even though I had a plus one, I didn't have anybody really in mind to bring. But I still had the attitude of, even though this is a great gift that I'm going to go and experience, I want to still make sure that it benefits Shenmue in some way. And straight away, then it was the likes of yourself who are doing something that's really good for Shenmue in your own way with the documentary. I thought this would be a great opportunity for to somehow make it, enhance it more, make it, even even the chance of making that just that little bit better if it meant getting you over to Japan to mm -hmm. get footage of the real life locations and things like that. And yeah. also, of course, to meet you, Suzuki. Yeah, I mean, it was like like I said before, it was a huge thanks on my part, and uh, it definitely was a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like you said, not just to meet uh, Yu Suzuki and some of his team, but just going to Japan. Uh, not so much as just going to Japan as a trip, but with other like-minded Shenmue fans. So uh, yeah. myself, you, and then there was the twins Joe and George Kitchen, who are phenomenal <laughs> yeah. guys. Um, yeah. Matthew Kilpatrick and um, Jessica Kwan were the other two. And yeah. uh, they were great people. And then we also met up with, um, I guess he's also a member of the dojo, AXM, Alex Munoz, who lives in Japan. Uh, yeah, So Alex. it was the whole group of us that, um, that really made the trip because it, like, it was 11, 10, 11 days long, but just we, I yeah. felt like every day we were just ingrained just in like in Shenmue, be it like the locations, the, the arcades, the discussions, um, meeting Eric Kelso, which I guess we'll touch on later, but just <laughs> yeah, so many I mean, cool things. All those examples, as you say, it's it's so bizarre. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not necessarily a morning person. <laughs> <laughs> I have trouble getting up in the mornings, but every day we were in Japan and we were getting up at the likes of five and 6 a.m. from, it's not even an exaggeration, from the moment we woke up, and this is this was something that was very special 
for me about the trip. Whenever from the second we woke up early in the morning until whenever we got back in to bed, it, everything was always Shenmue orientated. And if going to Japan and meeting Yu Suzuki was a dream in itself, the fact that those 11 days were always Shenmue orientated was just like, it's like, you know, it was like suddenly going to Disneyland. <laughs> that's what you're into. This It wasn't just like a part-time sh- holiday, part-time Shenmue trip. This was literally getting on a plane and going into a Shenmue world of its own. Yeah, definitely a dream and, come and, true. And, and like you said about all those people that we met as well, absolutely, they were all fantastic, all great Shenmue fans. And it's one of those trips I look back fondly, but you always have a little tinge of sadness because I would give anything to just go back tomorrow and repeat those 11 days again. Well, that, that well that's fine trip. because right now we're going to narrow down the 11 days to just one day. We're going to do some reminiscing um, and I'll also right. show some of the footage <laughs> that we got. Uh, so Excellent. we'll just we'll relive some of those memories. But the one day I'm thinking of in particular is, of course, um, the, the Shenmue pilgrimage, which many of us in the community yeah. have done before. Um, if you don't know, it's uh, basically retracing Rio's footsteps uh, as best you can from uh, the real world locations in the game. So uh, Dubuita Street in Yokosuka. Um, and then, so we took that even a step further. We did Yokosuka where Shenmue 1 was set. Um, we also hit up the harbor, uh, which is another location, Shenmue 1. And then at the end, we were able to fit in um, the, the ending of Shenmue 2. So we didn't obviously didn't have a chance to go to Hong Kong and, and Wanzai, but we ended up going to um, Kowloon but not the real Kowloon, it was the, uh, the Kawasaki Motor Arcade, where the first two floors of the arcade are actually replicated to look like the Kowloon Walled City uh, in like 1980s Hong Kong, which, and there was no entry fee, which is what I don't get. Like they put, yeah, they put right. all this work into like a mini museum just to go up and play pachinko and to play like virtual tennis and stuff. Um, whoever thought of that, like bless you, that was an amazing, yeah. amazing move. But. Uh, that's what I want to talk about. So I'll let you kick it off. I remember we started on the roof of our uh, Rio can, me, you, and Alex. Oh, that's right. And yeah. we had like a um, little debrief about what we were doing and why we were doing it. Basically, our route today is we're starting from Aikibukuro Station. We're going oh. to Yokosuka. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then Dubuida Street. Yeah. And that's kind of like our, our main yeah. focus. Yeah. And then the harbor. So, yeah. I mean, it seems kind of weird like that people would fly halfway across the world to come to Japan to go on this pilgrimage to, to just like a small little town to in a Japan small little town to see like a street and like yeah. a hill yeah maybe some vending machines but yeah. I don't know what do you guys what do you guys think we're gonna get out of this today well I've lived in an area previously that's a lot like Yokosuka and Dubuita that's in southern Japan but it's just not the same when you go I think when we're gonna go when we go there no matter how much of Japan you've seen I think that what was in the game, we'll be able to see the, the remnants of that, mm-hmm. yeah, at least. I'm actually curious from a standpoint as well of if the people who live there actually realize the significance of, of what it has on us. I'm sure over the years they'll have seen possibly an increase in Western visitors to the area. In particular now that Shenmue 3 was announced last year. So I'm actually kind of curious as well when we get there today to see the reactions of as when we walk down, say, Dubuito Street, the uh, 
shop owners, if if there's anybody that even recognizes <laughs> that we're there because of Shenmue. Yeah, they're like, oh, you're part of the crazy cult of people yeah. that come here. <laughs> who's been invading our yeah. little area. I never <laughs> thought about that. That, that <laughs> might happen, actually. They, they, might, they might actually know, somebody might actually know about this game. Yeah. This has been such a long journey for the past 15, 16 years now, even. And yeah. from, from, from the moment yeah. of seeing Shenmue, yeah. the first time I ever seen it was in official Dreamcast magazine in November 2000 in the UK. And from that point until this, my life has just been completely Shenmue orientated on a daily basis. So the fact that it's culminated from especially last year in Shenmue 3 finally being announced, and in a short space of time, we're now sitting here in Japan mm -hmm. and about to visit the real life locations. That, that, that like Alex said, that's, that's just a complete circle, although yeah. it, it's hard to kind of describe. That's one circle of hopefully more circles yeah. that will be, be able to be completed in the yeah. future. Yeah, so so I guess here it is, three grown-ass adults <laughs> who have waited way too long and spent way too much money on this Kickstarter. We're going to Yokosuka. We're doing the pilgrimage. Yeah. yeah, it's a dream come true. And I can just remember all. The, it's so bizarre. I can just remember all the little details, like getting the different trains, seeing Yokosuka written on the board, and just each of those little points in time. My heart just beating a little bit faster yeah. and getting a little bit of shortness of breath and stuff it was the biggest day which i didn't think beforehand when i get on the plane to go to japan but that was easily the biggest day of the trip for me personally well i remember i mean for myself i was getting a little i guess giddy would be the word but as we got closer i was like oh this is exciting but i remember you were you were really taking it all in and i, I remember it was hitting you like i was like man like I wish I could feel what Peter's feeling right now, but I guess that's because you've been a Shenmue fan probably a lot longer than I have, I think. So it meant just that much more to you. And then when we finally got there, it was just like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Um, it it was I, I yeah, but whenever you arrive in Yokosuka and you get off the train, it's not like you get off the train and boom, there you are on Dubuita Street. You kind of do need to do a little bit of searching a couple of blocks and a couple yeah. of side streets and things like that. And I, yeah, I can remember it. You were, you were like a schoolboy, which I <laughs> guess maybe I should have been, but I wasn't. I was actually that nervous. And I was actually, I, I don't even remember. I was actually wound up. I was, I was getting so agitated and I didn't know how to express my emotions. It was, it was, it got to the stage where I was like, where the hell is this street? I, I can't be dealing with this searching anymore. I need to be there because I can't handle it anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, that's when we eventually started to find architecture that looked like Shemi. And we kind of knew we were on the right track. And thanks to like modern technology, we all had our phones out as well. Yeah, that's true. I remember like, for me, I was looking for the, uh, the, the hill, that hill that like winds down from yeah. from Yamanose into Dobuida and I'm like I know there's going to be that that hill that starts and it's going to ha have the wall and there's going to be all these like old school uh Japanese uh architecture yeah. and and I found that and as soon as we found it I was like pointing I'm like guys it's the hill it's the hill and then as soon as we saw that it just snowballed and we started seeing um like certain stores certain shops certain alleyways um, oh, the the tattoo artist guy. Ex yeah, even oh, even that. That's yeah. insane. That was that was when I started the mellow out, and I knew we were close to Dubuita Street. And then I I looked. Up, I remember looking, we basically what happened was was that we we were walking just down to Dubuita Street, and for some reason I think Alex seen this guy and started talking in Japanese to him, and he was basically a tattoo artist, like a character in the video game. Mm -hmm. 
and when I just started looking up at his tattoo parlor sign and then just taking in that this is, you know, the, the, this is what happens in Shemi as well. You have to look for a tattoo parlor and you speak to the tattoo artist. That's when I kind of really started to go, oh, yeah, this is <laughs> this is like this. what we've been looking for is right literally around the corner. Yeah. The stretch. The stretch would be, I think, up there and... Which and connects to the main road. We're and going down that way. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah. there. And then once we, we kind of stepped out into the middle of it, into the middle of the Buddha suit. And as you say, it was just mind-blowing. The, the thing that shocked me about the Buddha Street, though, was I guess in my head, I had this uh, picture in my head that it it still was the, like, the way it was modeled in, in yeah. the game in 1986 was how I would be seeing it. Not so much of like um, like look for look, but uh, it was the amount of people because it, it's kind of like this heritage um, tourist yeah. type of street. So it, it was very commercialized. And I was like, oh, okay, like there's people here. Like, are they all Shenmue fans or is uh, Dobuida yeah. Street just a place where people like to hang out? And I guess it kind of turned out it was the latter because it has a bit of history I, in the area. I absolutely agree. Yeah, for me, it looked like Dobuida. Like, I mean, they really did capture it perfectly, even though this was 2016 for 1987. But still, it to me, it looked how I was expecting it to look. It looked amazing. But what you're saying is, that's what really caught me off guard was the atmosphere. I didn't expect that type of atmosphere. As you say, there was there was people there. You, you know, if you play Shemi the video game, you know the characters who walk past you because they obviously live in that world. But this was, there was such a different mix of people. You had young school kids. You had actual sailors. You had uh, people who were there as tourists. You had just people who also lived there as well. So there was a huge mix of people. And that's one thing I think it did call, it did catch me off guard because we're trying to run about and especially with yourself trying to scout these buildings that look like Shenmue buildings. You're there experiencing it with a purpose as well. Where I'm there just like as a tourist going, wow, I'm on the Dubuita Street. But at the same time, you have just people walking past me with their shopping bags, mm -hmm. people looking in shop windows and living their daily lives. And that's when the that's when the mental tug of war came into <laughs> it being a video game location, which I've loved and wanted to visit for so long. But on the other side, this is just a place on this planet where people live and go about their daily life. And Again, later on, we went into a bar and stuff. Again, just doing things like that where you're doing a video game and you laugh at. But in real life, this is a bar. This is where people come to drink. This is where people work. And that that that's what caught me off guard a lot as well that day. Um, the bar was really cool um, because it was... It kind of had a vibe of just like one of the bars in the game, which I mean is understandably. It's, it's a normal oh, yeah, it sports, was, it American was sports bar. It was MJQ. It Jack definitely was MJQ, sure. but... The reason that made it that was, um, and I, I forget who was it. You who talked to the bartender? It was somebody. I think it might no, have been one of the twins. No, it was Joe because I was just sitting there looking at the the dartboard that you get in Shenmue. The neo darts was to my left. We have a pool table like you have an MJQ jazz bar in front of us. Uh, we're we're just at this stage. I was like yourself when we arrived in the Buddha. I was giddy. I was so into it now, and we found this bar, and it, it was like we were living our lives as if we were in Shenmue. And we we had made the decision that we were going to stay in here, we were going to grab a bite to eat, and uh, you had went into the bathroom. And that is a moment I will never forget. You went into the bathroom, and I'm just sitting there, 
Yeah, yeah, you can laugh. I'm going to tell this. Story. Oh, it's, it's and, a good one. <laughs> and Joe is over talking to the barman. Now, of course, I just think Joe's ordering a drink. He's ordering a bite to eat. I'm just going to sit here at the table just taking this moment in. And what happens is, is that the music that you hear whenever you enter the MJQ jazz bar starts blasting. I mean, not just playing. I mean, the guy, what the guy's did is he's put it on YouTube and he's fed it through the sound system in the bar and it is loud. And I jump up, Alex just turns around, lockjaw, just what the hell? This is That was the quintessential the Buddha moment. And just when I couldn't get any better, I turn around that I see yourself <laughs> just running out of the bathroom, pulling up your trousers going, what the is going on here? That and I just, definitely was I a highlight. Hysterics. I yeah. just couldn't believe that. And so just five five Shenmue fans who have traveled to Japan are sitting in this bar in the Boito Street with a pool table in front of us and listening to the theme tune from the location of the game. That, that's, that was the quintessential moment mm-hmm. for me that day. And that was, I think, I would also have to agree. Uh, the moment that stood out the most was the the five of us um, people from different countries at all various stages of our lives, different ages, different yep. um, careers that we're doing. We're all just very different people, but we're all brought together over this one thing uh, that is Shenmue. And at that moment, we were all kind of brought down to this one same level where we were all just in that moment. Yep. And, uh, and I think everybody was enjoying it as much as the next person. But it's 15 we're individual saying, people. We're saying five. This is the most. I've, I've lost the question. So how many people did the pilgrimage? Oh, a group. A group of people together. Coming including to dinner with you, Suzuki. But I have seen quite a few. Well, thanks to Facebook 500K and other shamanists, I have seen for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, but there's nobody that's going to top a Yu Suzuki dinner. And then. Oh, on. on. I mean, everything. No, dinner with food. Guinness is cooking solid five Shimu fans. Nate one. Out with Ryan and Guinness. Night two, out with Suzuki-san and Sake. Night three, on the Buena Street. With Shimmer Music. Shimmer Music, Pooh Table, Dartboard. Uh-huh. Fucking yeah. the sailor. You gotta say the five of us that probably had the most unique Shimmer We have had, what's, we have lived vicariously to the absolute closest, I'd say, in one, one period of time. Yeah. I mean, what else can you do? Look, look at the bar. It looks exactly like the bar that you spoke The only other thing you can do is then go to China. It's like as as you get older in life, you don't have much of them moments. Like in terms of like when you're a kid and at Christmas time, everything seems magical. I know it does sound corny, yes, but the base of it, our table was so small and it was so circular, and the five of us were like shoulder to shoulder while we're trying to eat and drink. And yeah, the, there's no way, even if we tried to do that again, mm-hmm. it still wouldn't be the same because we would know what was coming. It was that moment where that music blasted that it all came together and that's when it hit home. How did this even happen? How is this possible when you were a kid 15 years ago sitting in your bedroom playing this game on a Dreamcast? How did you wind up from that point to sitting in a bar in Dubuida Street? How, how, is that, how is that even possible? I consider us all uh, very fortunate in that way. I know life can be a bit awful sometimes, but having something like that happen at the age we are and at the stages we are in our lives, as you say, that's an incredible gift that I will always be thankful for. Mm-hmm. This would have been a nice uh, moment to to end on or wind down on, but I just wanted to bring up quickly again that on our way back from uh, our day in uh, Yokosuka, and I guess Peter, you kind of you might have a better memory than I have. I I, I was yep. just kind of like a blur, 
but going up to the arcade, the the first two floors really do look like that area when yeah. you are in Kowloon, um, just with the the street shops and just the architecture and the claustrophobic yeah. feel, uh, the graffiti on the wall. Um, that was a nice little addition too to kind of like make that Shenmue day that much more unique. As soon as you get past the, the door and you enter the first floor, as you say, yeah, it's just designed to look like the thin, narrow uh, corridors that you got in Kowloon, like what you see in Shenmue too. Uh, and it's all very rustic, very grimy, very dirty. But again, you can feel the, the moisture in the air, the humidity. It really does do an excellent job of making it feel like you're in Kowloon. And then what happens then is when you take you get to the far end and you take an escalator up to the next floor, again, it's still all themed like Kowloon, but that's when you discover the arcade part. And that's when I knew I'd made, like, I knew it was right to keep pushing you guys because you guys seen uh, OutRun, you seen Space Harrier, and it was next thing you know, we're all being separated and running around. And it was there was that little point again where we were like kid children again in an arcade. Mm -hmm. People were just, uh, you and Alex had your cameras out, you were taking pictures. George and Joe were looking at the arcades. They they had great um, information plaques beside the arcade machines as well uh, of these machines that Yu Suzuki had created. So um, George and Joe were reading those, and I, and I just was like, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad I got us to come here. The, the building itself was worth it, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, if, if um, any of you guys ever find yourself in Japan and uh, want to do the pilgrimage, you could get it all done in a day. It's super easy. Um, yeah, assuming, and it's free. Yeah, it's, it really, it is. All it is is just the, the train ticket and then however much you want to spend mm -hmm. on food, drinks, and uh, games at the arcade. But yeah, go to Yokosuka, check out Dubuida Street, go around the corner, check out the harbor, um, and then on your way back, assuming you're staying in the greater Tokyo area, get off at Kawasaki and what was it, a 12 minute walk? And, uh, and there it was. Um, so it was, it, it was definitely the highlight of my trip. Well, I mean, there was a lot of things that were cool that I guess we could talk about on another day, but, yeah. um, <laughs> but that in particular was, uh, as, as a Shenmue fan and for you as well, probably one of the, the coolest things. And I'll repeat what you said before about the game that kind of brought us all together, that game that we played 15 yep. years ago. Uh, I found myself saying that a lot on this trip. Like at one point, um, you know, we were in Shibuya. Was it Shibuya having a drink with Eric Kelso at an Irish pub? Uh, Shibuya, yes. <laughs> Just the group of yes. us, and I, I remember. Always, I always get Shibuya and Shinjuku mixed up. So Shinjuku mm -hmm. is essentially the party Yakuza uh, setting. And, and Shibuya is like the, the fashion um, kind of fashion Shibuya. bar district. With the crosswalk? Yes. Isn't that Shibuya? Yes, yes, that was yep. it. Yeah, yep. that's where it was. Oh, man, that's. How, how long this podcast be? We, that's the worst about our trip. Yeah, we'll probably have to cut it down and, and edit in some of the things. But um, but yeah, it, it was it was definitely nice reliving those memories and talking about yeah, it. But yeah, but I just wanted to stress again, if you ever find yourself in the area, you have to do the pilgrimage. Um, it's free. It just the the um, the transit fare, and that's about it. But I highly recommend. Absolutely agree. Absolutely. If, if you've made all that effort, especially to go to all the way to Japan from say the states or even <clears throat> even Europe if, if you're a Shenmue fan that should be on your list that goes without saying mm -hmm. and if you're ever unsure about it or if anybody any Shenmue fans out there are even unsure about going to Japan in general if you're worried about a language barrier or a culture shock I cannot emphasize it enough get that out of your head and if 
you have have ever had any inclination to go to Japan and also go to the real life Shenmue occasions, please <laughs> do it. You will not regret it. Yep. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but before we say our goodbyes, you are um, the person who runs the Instagram page for. Yes, the, the Shenmue Dojo, Dojo, right? Instagram so uh, a lot of the things we were talking about, if you guys do follow the Shenmue Dojo, you would have yep. seen a lot of those pictures being uploaded. Um, if you don't follow the Shenmue Dojo, I suggest you do because you do uh, post quite frequently and there are good photos, especially the ones from Japan were really, really cool. Um, yeah. So I guess, uh, what is it just Shenmue Dojo? That's yeah, it? Yeah, I think, I think it's just Shenmue underscore Dojo, or even if you just do an Instagram search. Uh, um that's mostly where I'm based now these days. I actually have really, I really enjoy that, like finding new Shenmue artwork and not only Shenmue artwork, but photographs of, say, for example, people who are experiencing uh, visiting the Boita and stuff like that. Um, it, 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 for, I, I, for words that I can't explain, I'm actually really enjoying that at the moment, taking mm -hmm. a bit more of a back seat and uh, things like that. Um, because with Shenmue 3 and stuff, uh, this whole entire Shenmue community from 500k and Twitter and the dojo is just red hot right now. There's yeah. that many people expressing that many opinions. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm kind of at a stage now where I just like updating that. Definitely. So. All right. Well, uh, guys, if you made it this far, if anybody's actually watching this at all, uh, thank you for, for watching <laughs> this episode. Uh, we will be back uh, at another time with another guest. And I will be talking about more Shenmue-related things and just updating you as best we can on the status of the documentary. Um, I know I say this a lot, but we actually do have some cool stuff coming soon, uh, hopefully sooner than later. But um, the project is very much alive and well, and there's a lot of cool things happening. So, uh